Welcome to the Social Advice Podcast with your host, Rock Mitchell. Enjoy intriguing conversations and dialogue surrounding faith, fashion, technology, current events, culture, self-help, and motivation. And remember this one thing. Don't take that long to get right, shorty. Welcome to the show. Ladies and gentlemen, it's your guy Rock Mitchell. We're back again with another episode of the Social Advice Podcast, where it don't take that long to get right, shorty. We're back at it. We're not wasting any time. It's 2018, and we're making it happen. We are, at this point, we're praying hard. We're planning hard. We're executing. Uh, big ups to Living Coach for T. Living for Jesus. Living for Jesus. <laughs> big ups uh, to Coach T for being on our last episode, kicking off 2018 in a major way. It was major last week. Um, getting a lot of hits on that. We appreciate that. Today is we're gonna follow suit with uh, my friend and brother, longtime friend. Like you know how you say you know people are your friends and you haven't known them as long. I've, I feel like I've known this guy for like at least half my life, and um, I'm sick of him. I have a, st- <laughs> a strong dislike for him, but at the same time. A, a a raging wow uh, uh, love for him as my brother. Uh, when I say one person I can count on to do absolutely any and everything, it's this guy. And he's doing the same thing, not just for me, but he's doing it for the city. He's putting on for his city, and he started some amazing, um, some amazing work that I think um, the city and the country needs to hear about because. Our, our children are our future, but not just our children, but our teens and our young adults. And he is really making an, a major impact. But before we jump into that, some information about, I told you guys that we're going to be going to Ghana in March, um, the, the town uh, township of Kumasi. And we're going to be building out, um, help build out uh, some additions on tour school, as well as we're going to be going to other uh villages there and we're building wells it's going to be crazy and we're doing a documentary while we're there and i appreciate all of the love and support that we've gotten from you guys so far but this is what i need we need more financial support i need you to log on to hope missions ghana.com and i need you to be a support to us five ten twenty thirty dollars whatever you have if you have forty dollars and you live in the DMV, you can go ahead and purchase a ticket to our uh, event, um, which is being headlined by the one, the only, Davon Fleming, who was uh, a finalist on NBC's The Voice. Yes, he is um, He's going to be headlining. I'm going to try to get him on the podcast soon. So what I need you guys to do is to go and be a, just sow a seed, a generous seed, if you can. It's for us um, trying to bring hope internationally. And that's hopemissionsghana.com. While you're there, while you're listening to this, do me a favor. Go over to Instagram and like us. It's Rock Mitchell. Go ahead and follow us there. It's Rock Mitchell. Um, just follow us. We do follow back. We like to build partnerships. Um, of course, it's the same thing on Instagram and Twitter. I'm on this new thing. Um, it's kind of crazy. I kind of like it, too, because you can post basically any format of media or content. And it is called, what is this thing called? Jeez. 
Oh, 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 oh no, can I find it? All right, and this thing is called Vero, V-E-R-O. Check it out, it's kind of dope. If you're on the edge, rock with you, check me out. All right, so with that being said, we're going to jump right into today's episode. I got a lot to talk about with this young man. It's the one, the only, it's Antoine Cooper, a.k.a. Coop Love the Kids, a.k.a. He is Coop. What was the other one? Say it. Say it. What was that word? <laughs> say it. How you say it? I don't know. I don't even. I never remember. And the dictionary it. means something wanted and desired, though. <laughs> <laughs> he need to get his life together. <laughs> but this is my brother, and the reason yeah, I had him on because shorty. he's always he's always been in the field of mentorship and social work. But um, over the last, I guess, five to six, seven years, he has really taken his uh, his mentorship to the next level. And really made a difference in the Baltimore City school system. Yeah, y'all know we need help in this Baltimore City school system. And it's he is Coop. Um, also goes by Coop. And he he's uh, started or helped found an organization um, that goes by the name of Seeds of Promise, which they're doing some major work, and they're trying to expand. So if you need them in your school, you need them in your in your school system. If you listen to this, you're not in Baltimore. But you know the young men and women of your school system where you are need help. We're gonna make sure that you get all of his information so he can help you start something there. Cause we out here. Cause he how he's out here in these streets. And one thing I like about Coop, and, and I'm gonna let him say something. But what I what I like about Coop is he he's like, don't you know how people say the horse whisperer? They know how to talk to animals. Like as you get older, the 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 communication gap between you and younger people kind of diminishes, right? But I don't know how it is that this guy continues to be able to speak to young people on their level. And um, he's doing amazing work. Welcome now, ladies and gentlemen. He is cool. What up, what up, what and up? the crowd goes wild. <sighs> yeah. So, cool. tell us a little bit, a little bit about yourself before we jump into why you're on the show today. I'm a thug. You're in the streets. In these streets, you know. Just... I don't really know. Like, I'm laid back. I love love. You know what I mean? And uh, you just, I'm a servant, I guess. I guess that's, that's the true. Basic, that's, that's like my thing. I'm at service to people. So, you know. I mean, one thing that, that you'll find, and you don't find much, is that people who are committed to what they're committed to. Like, mm. I've never seen... Like he makes almost makes me feel bad because, <laughs> and the reason I you say should. it is because, whatever he commits to, I don't care if it's raining, fire outside. I don't care if people are being shot dead in the streets. If he tells you he's gonna be somewhere, he's going to be unless he's sick in bed in jail or dead. He's gonna be there, and. And also, on top of that, when he gets to wherever he's going to be, if he's committed to you, he's 100% on. He's going to be on more than you on. And the reason that's important is because he's an example to our youth. And he's showing them something different. He's showing them how to commit to – if you want to commit to playing basketball, commit to it. Go to no, that practice. Nothing about no basketball, bro. But what I'm saying is, you know, but you, but you well, support young saying. people hey. who – you support young people who want to play ball, but you don't yeah, play ball. I don't play basketball. I don't know a thing about basketball. I know it's a free throw and three-point line. I'm in basketball <laughs> coaching coach basketball practice, and they're in there loving it, too. I'm like, right. right. <laughs> blow that, blowing the heck out there. <laughs> Run and to the baseline. And he don't know nothing about Not basketball. And so tell us about 
Um, Tell us about how you got to this point of being in the school system. Let's start there. Let's just tell a story. How'd you get to be in the school system? (laughs) So look, in my past life. Now this may, this, (laughs) let me, (laughs) let me just prep. This may end up being somewhat R-rated a little bit. Just a tad. Just a tidbit. Just a tad. But hey, listen. For those of you who listen to a Christian like you got a little already in your life too, so just let it go and let it right. flow. But he's been delivered. He's been no, delivered. Don't put that tea on. <laughs> <laughs> don't do that to me. He's been no, delivered. Right. Nah, right. but for real though, right? I used to work at uh, Blockbuster in Shoe City, right? And then at the same time, I was working at an adult bookstore. So, y'all know the adult so bookstore. So y'all know the book. Yeah, you going there and find a little animes. <laughs> <laughs> this was okay. back before internet was real live, you feel me? So you, you had to, to go out the house with it. You had to go out the house and get you a little couple DVDs, you feel me? Like, oh, I knew the best ones that was out. Don't act like y'all don't know what that movie talk 37 <laughs> is about. <laughs> so, yeah, I used to work at a uh, at a dog bus store and all that stuff like that. But then I stopped working at them for a while. So I was. I remember uh, the conversation we had, yeah. and I was like, cool, you gotta stop working here. Like, I remember that. And I was like, yeah, all right. Uh, <laughs> I'm getting the brand new DVD, the newest DVDs out. <laughs> I don't know, I don't know about all that. So you know, oh I was in there. I remember that. So he was working at he was working at She City, right on Greenmount. <laughs> right on Greenmount. If you possible, he was on Greenmount there in that blockbuster that was right behind. Uh huh. Right behind. It was right there. there where the Ace Hardware store. Where is, Ace Hardware store is. And and what happened? Oh man, you know I just uh. I was there, and then I started coming to church on a regular, and was like, "Yeah, you know how when you get to church, you try to do things right. You feel me? You want to be all change your life around. You know, you want to change your life, be gung ho for Jesus and all that. Uh-huh. <laughs> but being gung ho for Jesus at the time wasn't putting money in your pocket. Right. You still got bills and stuff you need to do. So it was like, yeah, I hear y'all talking. You know what I'm saying? This when you, this when, uh, you know, you sit and you think about like." You come in and you listen to what people telling you and what, you know, you try to get, you know, you go to church for God and all this stuff and you see everybody around you, you know what I'm saying? You you pay attention to everything and I like right. to analyze a lot of things, you feel me? Mm-hmm. So it's like seeing other people around and see what they're doing and you talking about, oh, I did this through Jesus, I did this through Jesus. Like, I've always been a spiritual person. My grandmother's yeah. a pastor back in Virginia. Hey, yeah. grandma, I love you, love. Um, You know, and like, but back up here, I'm just like, nah, I'm not going to church. I've been in and out, but I wasn't nowhere stable or whatever. So I was just like, all right, a job is a job. I ain't really, you know, it ain't like, right. it's a job. So I need to work. And this is what I was doing. I was getting paid good money to be there. So I was like, oh, all right. And then I got a promotion and all that. That's how I was, <laughs> listen, <laughs> listen. He had his choice pick. You hear me? Oh, God. I started off just being at the door because, you know, people used to run out with the law. <laughs> <laughs> He was keeping people from ste- stealing the merchandise in the uh, movies, in the books, in the magazines. No, nah, they weren't stealing magazines. That's all, all they were stealing. They were stealing the toys and everything, oh, Doc. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, uh, all right, uh, I just want y'all, you know, you can uh, email all prayers to Scoop 97 uh, <laughs> Yo, it was funny, though, because they used to really, like, run out of there and steal the stuff, you feel me? So they needed somebody to do security. Okay. You know, I'm not a little fella. You know what I'm saying? I'm kind of right. big a little bit. Right, for all the ladies looking, Coop is about what? You single. You sexy, <laughs> sexy single. Sexy oh, yeah. single <laughs> Christian <laughs> mingle. Check it out. We did a video years ago called Sexy Single <laughs> Christian Mingle. Check it out. I'm on there. Instagram. So, no, but Coop is like 6'2", dreads down his back. You feel me? I'm black Jesus. He, he looked. No, no, no. Not that black Jesus. Not that boy. Not, not, uh, 
not Comedy Central black Jesus, but oh, he's man. like if Jesus was black. All right, so go ahead. So I was in there, and you know, they used to stay up from out of there or whatever. They need somebody to do security. And I was like, oh, all right. I already had a job at the Shoe City in the Blockbuster, so I was doing them too. And I was like, all right, what you paying? It was like, I got a couple extra dollars. I was like, oh, all right, that couple extra dollars looked really nice. You know, we mm-hmm. jump when we say, oh, it's a raise. Now, even if it's a quarter, oh, all right, I'm on my way. Right. <clears throat> so I was over there, and I started out doing a little security, just, you know, checking the door, make sure when nobody's still and all that stuff like that. And then after a while, the late, it was a chick that was there. She lived around the way, and she was like, uh, I'm about to leave. Do you want to go where I'm at? Well, that was like the register. That was handling everything. Mm-hmm. Doing the merchandising and stock, the new videos, putting them out, all that. You know, keeping the store real live. Right. And I was like, oh, all right. <laughs> and <laughs> so I you, did it. So you took, so you took the promotion. Yeah, I took the promotion. And, was, and that's what it was. And I started getting the church real heavy and everything, you know. And then I'm the type of person that commit to whatever I do, right? So if I was going to work at, at, at the adult store, I might as well be the best person working at the adult store. So right. that's what I did. That's who I am. You know what I mean? Something that my mother taught me was like, you know, you have your name and who you are and your character if you have anything else. You know what I mean? Right. So that's what happened. So after a while, I got to get to church. And then I stopped working there. After a while, I was like, all right, I'm going to try to listen to what y'all are saying. This is when, you know, you got the youth pass and everybody else talking about something. Yeah, you got to stop doing that. But then when the, when the money coming out and the bills, you need the bill stuff, they wasn't doing all that, the right? The bad part about was. I was his, I was the youth pastor he's talking about. Yeah, he's, Ryan was the youth pastor. Was the youth pastor. He was at the youth pastor for, since he was like thirteen. Was, <laughs> <laughs> he just got that, he just that, got rid of it at thirty two. Right, I just got I just got delivered from it. <laughs> but you know you shut us a deal. <laughs> <laughs> so you know you you uh you listening to the word you listen to the pastor and you listen to people around like nah you shouldn't work there like you know what I mean if you're trying to really you know get some things together you should kind of like. Trying to find something else to do. I was like, for a while, it took a long time. I was like, nah, I'm good. But then, you know, you start doing things for yourself. Start looking at, you know, how uh, you want your relationship to God to be. So I'm like, all right, God, you want me to do all this? You feel me? So, like, it's time for you to start. Then it was crazy, though, because they kept on saying, you need to check God. And I'm like, what you mean? <laughs> check God. Like, you know what I mean? So it's like, Check him, you know, like he said he was going to do something. If you've been doing this, you've been doing that, you feel me? So you have to start putting, you know, demands on him. Not so much as saying like, oh, you owe me this and owe me that. But, you know, like, all right, I paid my tithes this week. I need to put a connection to this. Like, I paid my tithes right. this week. Oh, this is for the new job. Well, you know, like right. little I mean, things it, like that. In, in terms of like if, you know, <clears throat> the Bible says that he is not, you know, a man that he should lie. You know, mm-hmm. and, and he not gonna repent. So what he said, you know, if you if 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 you know if your ways please him, mm-hmm. you know, he'll give you the desires of, of your heart. So you say, I got a big heart over here, you right? Know? Like God, you know, I it, it's my intention to serve you, and I'm in this position mm-hmm. where I got me this job, mm-hmm. but it ain't what you want me to do. If it's not what you want me to do, give me something else, right? And I remember that like being your posture, like all right, I'm gonna pay these tithes, but God, you gonna have to listen, do what you gonna listen, do. listen. They was talking about some hanging ties, and they was talking about getting to church. And at the time, I ain't have a car, I ain't had no ride. 
So that little, you know, adult store was getting me to church. I was paying my tithes at that church. I was getting a hack back and forth to church. And, you know, that back then we had church like every day. You know what I'm saying? So I was catching a hack here, <laughs> but, hack there. But, but let, like, me, let me pause you right there because people don't understand what that is. More than anything, how you operated in that particular season of your life, that's called faith, mm -hmm. right? When you put demands on God to do something, that's faith. Like to say, all right, I have faith that you're going to be the God you say you are, so... I'm about to put this demand on you. God, I need a new job. And mm -hmm. I ain't got all day for you to try to work a miracle. I need you to do this. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to stay doing what I'm doing. Until it comes. Until it comes. You got to bring it. I right. ain't going to bring it because I mess it up and go from working in the adult store to working in the adult industry. You, <laughs> and listen, I was on my way. <laughs> I was on my way. So, you understand? Because it, it was just like one of them things where you was just like, is this really? Because I could already see what. Like, it's crazy that you mentioned, mentioned that because before I started, like, as an adult going to church and doing what I wanted to do and getting closer relationship with God, I'm like, well, all right, I'm a good-looking fella, you feel me? I got a nice little body, you feel me? Like, right. this can lead me to the adult. <laughs> so, I'm trying, listen, listen, I'm trying to be like, I'm not going to work on Grandma no more. I'm trying to work my way up to the block. And if right. I work my way to Baltimore Street, you feel me? Like, it was a whole plan. Right. A whole plan. Right. And and And... <laughs> And where you thought that was your plan, that really was the enemy and, plan and for my, you. And my plan and the enemy plan was hand in hand. <laughs> and we was about to be <laughs> on and popping. You understand? And so so you went from working at the, so you was at the adult store. They gave you a promotion. You mm -hmm. thought everything was lit. But you said, God, you know what? If you don't work you know, me you here. You start having those conversations with God, not really putting all your faith in it, right? You're right. just like, all right, I'm going to try I'm gonna try what y'all say. You hear everybody else talking about it. I'm going to try what you say. You feel me? And just be like. All right, but then what do I believe or what do I want to say or how do I want this to go? So you can listen to what everybody else is saying, but until you try things for yourself or even try to have a conversation with God about anything or everything that you want to do, you have to be able to be confident enough in yourself to say, this is what I want. So I was, I was still there at the store and I was like, oh, all right, you're telling me to do this, but right now... I wanted to pay tithes. I wanted to do these things because everybody was saying, this is what you needed to do. And that's what I was trying to do. So that's what I started doing. And once I started doing it, I was like, all right, you don't want me working no more. You're going to have to put another something in my place. Now, I went out of work for a nice little minute after I left the store. I stopped working there. I stopped working at all the jobs. The Shoe City, the Black Bus, they closed down or whatever. So I was working at the Shoe City and the adult store. I was at the adult store. I stopped working at Shoe City. <clears throat> and I started working at the adult store, and the adult store was the only job I had left. So I was out of work for maybe like a year or so. You know what I mean? Right. So, but the little bit of money that I had left, you feel me? It never stopped me from getting to church. It right. never stopped me from getting back and forth to Bible study or something that a church event that we were having. Right. Because I, I remember you was you was hacking all over the place. Man, listen, and it's crazy though because I I don't know what it was, but I think Ryan and Jeff at the time, right? Because you know I just started coming to the church and I was cool with them or whatever, and they used to give me rides to church all the time. But then they wanted to just start having family, so I think it was something personal. Like they got tired of taking me back and forth to church. So we got a wife and kids. <laughs> so they had started having kids all over the place, just popping up, and then you know it was one it was one car seat on the left. 
And then I was on the right. And then and then I was in the middle. It was the middle was, of the car on the It hump. was the grown man in him that was like, uh, I ain't gonna keep riding with my bros. And yeah, I ain't gonna keep doing this. Y'all got all and, these kids. And their, kid, stuff, their bottles is falling down <laughs> under the seat. And I gotta, Coop, can you get that for me? And, and I gotta, you gotta stick your hand under the seat. Yeah, and at like, the time, I was riding around in a little, you had the a little kids. Saturn. I had the Saturn. And then I had the kids. So. Like, and we, then Jeff had the, uh, they had the little license truck and all that. Yeah, yeah. It was just like. It was just too much. All right, this ain't no more space for Coop no more. So I think they kind of did it on purpose. Because, <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I think they did it on purpose. But it's all good, though. I was just like, I can't keep depending on them because now they got a family and children. So when you, uh, when you respect yourself and you respect what other people got going on, you know when it's time to, you know. Go to oh, the that's, to that's the right. a whole nother podcast because there's a lot of people out that here that don't understand that it. will sit there and bite off of you and live off of you and, and keep you. going and won't even acknowledge the fact that you've been doing this for them this whole time. And it's not even about you. It's like do for do for self. Like at some point, <laughs> at some point, do for like, self. But you know what's crazy though, and I was talking to one of my kids about this. Is just like if you see your parents sitting on the system all this time, what do you expect you to do? Like, you don't want this to happen, but if you seen your grandmother on Section 8, you yeah. seen your mother on Section 8, you feel what I'm saying? And then the only time somebody's coming around is if, you know what I mean, it's time to get a, you know what I mean, get right. a quickie in or whatever. Right. And all, you see dudes coming over, dropping off a couple of dollars, it's the first of the month and all this stuff like this. Then what are you teaching your young daughters or all the young queens to do? Right. You feel and me? And if you don't want it to be the case, you, you I mean, because what's that? That's a, that's a generational Generational, curse. and that's, that's three generations right there. Especially now, in Baltimore City. In the projects, listen. Well, not even the projects. People got houses in, in Section Eight. They yeah. moving out the county now. But it's even, and they thinking that moving out in the county is even better. But it's not. It's still continuing the same cycle that you was living inside the projects. So either way, that's another podcast. But <clears throat> so I was out of work for a week, and I mean for a year, and then one of my homeboys was like, "Yo, they got this." Uh, Thing and they looking for males and they hiring males on spot on the spot and it was called We Teaching Tutor at the time. It was a one on one aid uh, company and they were they just went to schools and assisted uh, special needs children and that's how I started working in the system in the school system. So you went up there and they hired you on the spot. On the spot, I went in there and filled out the application. I think by the time I left out the door, they had already was like, "Hey, sir, you got the job," because you know they was looking for men because a lot of women were, you know doing the work, but they right. had boys that they needed help with, and I remember very particularly, like, <clears throat> this was later on after I was working, like, I had a guy in high school, but then they had this bigger dude, bigger young young fella that was working, I mean, that was going to one of the schools on the west side, and uh -huh. while he was on the west side, like, nobody could handle him. Like, it was only his one-on-one -on -one aid, but nobody else wanted to work with him, because he was just, like, wilding out if it wasn't his dude, and he was like, can you go over here and work with him because, <laughs> you know what I mean? They didn't tell you all that at the time, but he was just right. like, but the reason why he was acting out towards the other people was because they didn't put the time to even ask him his name or, you know, try to get to know who the kid was. So he was just like, you don't really care about me, so I'm giving you the blues. Right. You feel what I'm saying? Like, it's just going, no, this is what I'm doing. I'm going to act out. You're going to have to run around chase me. You gonna have, I'm about to start throwing desks and chairs and stuff. You're going to have to dodge them or you're going to have to catch them, which I want. <laughs> so how'd you, how'd you get around that? Conversation, man. Like, if you really want to know what's going on with kids these days, you can't be phony towards them. And not only to be phony, you have to be willing to listen enough for them to, you know, let you in. And sometimes it's just like, 
<clears throat> sometimes it's just just listening and don't say nothing. And that's just like with your relationship with, if you're in a relationship with your wife or your girl or whoever, right. you know what I'm saying? You have to be able to listen to what the other person is saying. You can't always talk. And if once you always talk, then that's where the breakdown comes. Because if you look at the generations between us and them, you know what I mean? Like, it's always been do as I say, do what I say. That's it. That's all. Now, that worked back in the day, right? Right. But nowadays, it's not the same. You have because, to come at a different way. Ladies and gentlemen, these kids ain't scared no more. That's scared? <laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs> all right. Yeah, you okay. Gonna, you, you about to get you this work. You come in there and act like they scared. You scared if you want to or like they scared if they want to. They will show you something different. You know what I mean? And I've been fortunate I mean, because I was, I was wondering about that. Like, because, mm-hmm. like, Baltimore City school system ain't nothing. That's like going into the prison system. Like, I mean, and the reason I say that is because even, you you know, you can firsthand attest to the violence that goes on in school, mm-hmm. the, the gang activity in school, mm-hmm. the the extortion, the, the getting pregnant, the, the relationships. Like, it's a full-blown adult situation at these high schools, mm-hmm. even the middle schools. Even in the middle schools. And it's not, and be clear, it's not just Baltimore City, right? right it's not. So when you talk about everything that's going on, it's what happens be- from just generations of people starting to not care and they're thinking about self. You get what I mean? Yeah. So you can actually go up to a kid, a kid right now and just say, uh, why you don't really talk to nobody? Right? And the first, I guarantee you that nine times out of ten, the first thing that come out of their mouth is be like, because they don't care. You get what I'm saying? And if you're you're a kid and your mom is on drugs, right? Your dad is nowhere to be found, or you live with your grandmother who's too old to take care of you, right? The only thing you have to look up to is what the streets is producing. The streets are producing over and over again cold-hearted people. And and and, and I think our gener- generation was one of those generations where. We wanted people to know that we hurt. If I'm hurt, I want everybody to know I'm hurt. This mm-hmm. generation now, if I'm hurt, yeah, y'all going to know it. But it ain't, I'm not talking about it. And I'm then, about to put that work in on y'all. But, exactly. So you're going to know that I'm hurt, but you're not going to know in a way where I, where it's feasible or it's pleasing mm-hmm. to you. Like, Well, you have gonna, enough time to do anything about it. Right. It's going to be the opposite. So like, if I'm hurt or somebody did something, I'm coming to school and I'm taking my anger out on everybody. And you're not even mad at nobody at the school. You're not even mad at nobody that's in your house. You're mad at somebody outside on the corner because somebody joked you because you got on a pair of tennis. Or you got on, you think they saw that you got on the same pants that you had on yesterday. And you wild somebody at school. You get what I'm saying? And I, I don't, I, <clears throat> personally, I don't see how people cannot take care of their children or give them decent, you know, decent clothes. You know, you got so many options for little girls or little boys. It's like, to get them clothes to look decent. Even if you ain't got to go spend all your money on, like, all this expensive stuff. Right. But, like, just give them something. Like, I can't tell you how many times I bought a kid, like, a shirt. A shirt no more than $5 or something like that. You know what I mean? Just A nice just, little Target hit or a little... Not or even a, Target. A I'm, talking about, a, I'm talking a, about going to the thrift, thrift store. The thrift store with a brand new tag on it, and it's, like, $3 or it's $5. Or we'll come up on it. a polo you get $7, them, right? And you just go take it to them and be like, huh, I thought about you and take it. Like, matter of fact, today, matter of fact, today, I had a shirt sitting in my office today, right? And it was for one of the kids, and he wasn't there. I had two of my guys in there just like, 
Who, who shirt is this? Who this for? Who this for? Because they knew it was for somebody. They knew it was somebody. Because you, you were giving. Right. And it's just shirt. The shirt was $5 at, at Marshall's. Express shirt. You know what I'm saying? $5 at Marshall's or Rugged Warehouse or something like right. that. It's not even expensive. But something as little as even thinking about getting them something is so important because they feel like they're not getting anything anymore. And so, I mean, <laughs> what I've learned, and we're going to get more into Seeds of Promise, but over the years, a lot of these cats have really seen you as like their father. Mm. Mm-hmm. Like, like countless cats that, you know, I met because of you who, they're like, no, nah, that's my pop. Right. Like, that's my pop. Like, you know, like, if I need something, he who I'm calling. If I get locked up, that's who I'm calling. Right. Stop calling me. <laughs> <laughs> but, but you got a lot, you got a lot of sons out here. Like, with no biological with, kids at all, with, though. I mean, like, what's the saying now? Like, that's my son. Like, hey. Not literally. Like, that's like, my son. That's my son. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, and it, it's, it's, it's a, first of all, it's an honor that they would even see me in that light. You know what I mean? Because I want my own children. Right. Do I have my own biological children yet? Of course not, right? You got to hurry up, man, because you got... Right, because everybody... Going, you got that going, what, you 35 now? Everybody popping out kids. Like, everybody right. your, 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 your sister just had a new baby. Hey, Prince Liam, what's up? Leah Grace, what, how are you? What's up? They, they my uh, niece and nephew. But I mean, well, yeah. you gotta hurry up, bro. We gotta, we gotta get you. Uh, I mean, at this point, at, at this point, it's just like I don't even need to go pop out now because I got enough already. <laughs> you got Aiden, <laughs> Ashton. You got uh, you got Bobo, Momo, Austin, Landon, Landon London, London, Kenya. Uh, you got Gabby. a whole, you got a you got a whole bunch of them. <laughs> Taylor, Ken Ken, Uncle Coop, Uncle Coop, Uncle Coop, right. Uncle they Coop. just everywhere. Like he can't go to church on a Sunday without Uncle Coop, Uncle Coop, Uncle Coop. <laughs> Listen, so, I love every minute of it though. Yeah, so, so you started working in the school system mm-hmm. and you started to build a rapport. How did you turn into that guy that every everybody? Wanted in their school? Uh, I think it's my work ethic, right? Okay. Because the one thing that I believe without a shadow of a doubt is that I need to make sure that someone wants me, mm-hmm. right? And it's just like with marketing or with anything, you want your brand to be the best brand. I am a brand. Coop is a brand, mm-hmm. right? So that means that I need to go to a community meeting here, or I have to go out and do something here or do something there, that's what I need to do. If that's what the job entails, then fine, I'm going to do it. But that doesn't mean when I get there that I'm not going to do it. And one of the things that got me to inside the school system, like the way that I did was I was with an outside agency working inside the school. I had one little boy, and you know in high school, they pack season is just like ridiculous. They crack on you, joke on you about anything, right? So I had a little boy, and he was feeling like, um, this was middle school, and he was feeling like, I'm, I'm a one on, like, I got somebody that has to follow me around. Mm-hmm. So what I did to kind of help him was, like, I talked to him, was like, I don't have to sit with you every time, right? I'll sit at the table, and I won't isolate you or say, I'm just here to help you. What I'll do is, I'll help the people around, right? So if it's a table of six people, I'm not just helping the kid that I'm paid to help. Right. I'm helping the other kids around because at the end of the day, one teacher in a classroom with 30 kids. They should have had an assistant anyway. You get what I'm saying? Right. But at the rate that things are going, you can't expect it to be that. Right. Right? So you started positioning yourself so as a teacher's aide, really. Basically. But in all reality, I was just trying to help this one kid get over his, how he felt about having a one-on-one aide. And so so you took you cared about 
how he felt how enough. he how how his self image <clears throat> exactly. because he don't want people he doesn't want people to think that he's stupid mm-hmm. or he got an issue and that's how and some of them that's how they felt you know what I mean because you can explain to children that you got a one oh eight because of this that or whatever right but you have to really talk to them so they can understand. Like, they you use all these big words. You, they go into an IEP meeting. They don't know what they're sitting in an IEP meeting for. Right. You know what I'm saying? Oh, I got an adult that's following me around. That's what they see. That's right. what the other kids see. You feel me? Like, yo, got an A, ah, all that. Right? But the way I handled with the young man was just like, all right, if you don't feel comfortable with having an aid, I will fall back so it's not like I'm here just for you. Although, you know why I'm here. The teacher know why I'm here. The rest of the kids will never feel like that because the, te- the kids would be like, hey, Mr. Mr. Cooper, Cooper can right. you help Mr. Cooper? You get what I'm saying? Because right. that's the way I played so, the situation. So you up. basically made it cool for him uh, to have oh, an And eight. almost for somebody to say, I hope somebody got a teacher aid in this, in this exactly. class. <laughs> so I don't exactly. have to. So you mean so so low key they wanted the aid too, but they're going to joke this man. Exactly. But so you made so you changed the the dynamic of the culture exactly. of having an aid. That's crazy. And, and that's crazy. And to think that nobody's done that's crazy. And when you think about it, right? Just imagine how many of our babies, right, do not know how to read. Right. So I let he, me, no no. Let me tell you, I took my sons to get their eye exam, and my four year old he was four at the time. Um. <clears throat> so the he was doing the eye exam and it's the part where they tell you read A, E, mm-hmm. the, the chart. And Aiden, Ashton was reading the chart, but it started getting too small for him because he wears glasses. Um, and the eye doctor looked at me and said, oh man, he he does really, really good. He knows all his letters. And I said, uh, yeah, I'm thinking that's a normal thing. He mm-hmm. said, no. He said, I have grown folks that come in here that can't read these letters. Exactly. And I was like, wait a minute, no. Like, Literacy mm-hmm. is a thing. Like people, mm-hmm. people out here can't read. They can't, and a lot, a lot of times, people like to blame the teachers, right, for their children not knowing how to read. Some, some of them don't. Some of the parents just don't care because they don't ha- have it enough where they're at home practicing with their child, right? right. But in a situation with my look, like with my little guy that I was working with, when you're in school, he may have the aid for behavioral issues, right? But another kid at the table won't ask for help if it's embarrassing. Because asking for help in class, you get what I'm saying, around everyone else is an embarrassment. So I just made it like, let's sit here and do the work together. Like, let's sit right here and let's get this together. Let's do this. And I'm talking about these kids in middle school. So what you're talking about, like eight, nine, uh, probably lower than that too, lower ages than that. You mean, but talking to them like, Okay, if you need assistance, just ask. I'm sitting at the table. I'm not gonna sit right here at the table and you need help. And not help you. And not help you. So so tell me this. So you so you created this kind of like brand for yourself that you're not isolating anybody. Mm-hmm. You're there for everybody. Mm-hmm. How how did seeds of promise start? Hmm. It started from that. <clears throat> Cause that was I was working with a kid in the middle school when that took place. And when that took place, I had the teachers, you know, because in middle school, they don't really move that often. But the certain rooms that they do, and the certain times, it's like the teachers were like, uh, Mr. Cooper, can you come talk to my little fellas? Because they're getting a little bit out of hand. I don't work for this school. Right. You get what I'm saying? None of this. I don't do none of this stuff with them, right? I'm not a part of their school system. But it was so point. So I put it to the point that it was like they, the teachers were calling me for help with their young boys. 
right? And I didn't pay no attention. I was just like, oh, all right, cool. But one of my teachers, when you, it's funny that you said whisperer earlier, because mm-hmm. one of the teachers was like, cool, you just like, I don't know how you get through them, because we've been trying to get through, this, through these kids. Like, right. how did you do that? I was like, I don't know, I just talked to them. Whatever, kept it moving. So anyway, how I got into doing C's, I was working at a high school over on, it was called Antioch Diploma Plus at the time. And the principal there, I had a little boy, and I was working with him, but I got sent to sent around. But the principal asked for me by name to come back to her school because the little boy that I was working with fell off. Okay. Right? So got him on point, doing what he needed to do. I got transferred around to some other schools. But he started doing his just thing. doing his thing. But the pr- principal cared enough to be like, hey, I need whoever his E was before them, Mr. Cooper, to come back over here. So when I got back there, I was volunteering. I was like, hey, Miss Green or whatever. That's, her name was Miss Green. And I said, uh, I'm going to be collecting unemployment over the summer. If you need me to come help you do anything over the summer, let me know. You want to round the boys up? Because you know in the summertime, that's when they do a bunch of recruiting. You're right. So I was like, if you need me to do anything, just let me know. I'll just come up. I live up the street. It's not enough. If you need some help, just let me know. She called. The secretary called me and was like, hey, how you doing? It's June 1, July 1. Um, right, just like, hey, how you doing? It's July 1. I need you to come to the school. We got some things for you to do. And I'm like, oh, all right, cool. I got to that school. The lady said, here's a check. I need you to go to such and such and apply for your fingerprints and get your, uh, your shots or whatever. I was like, huh? Like, what you mean? She was like, here's a check. Go get your fingerprints done. I need you to go get your test shots or whatever. And I need you to report back to the school. The principal had hired me on her staff. Right? Wow. Not just, remember I told you I was working with the agency. I was still right. with the agency. I was just volunteering my services. Like, she, I'm thinking that I'm just coming to volunteer over the summer. And she hired you on. She hired me to work on her staff. And I've been in the school system on the Baltimore City schools like that because of that lady. Wow. So, let me pause real quick. So, the, uh, so the, the principal hired you on her staff. Yep. And you worked at her school. Yep. Over the summer into the year. Over the summer into the school year. And I stayed at, uh, when she left, uh, two other principals came. Um, and the principal, the second principal, his name was Mr. Jackson, um, had an assistant principal. Her name was Nakira. And me and the principal, uh, we used to work in the same office or whatever. And she, promoted me to now I was doing all this regular work you know what I mean the principal I mean the assistant principal at the time she was like uh, he needed a raise or whatever and promoted me to be the parent and community liaison for the school okay. for the entire school so now I wasn't just what the heck is that <laughs> so a parent and community liaison is basically built bridging that gap between the parents the home and all those things like that so okay. all those events and stuff that be going on. So you were with any the PTA school. and all of that. Right. Okay. Basically like just, hey, we having this, I need you to come here, okay, you go there, those type of things like so that. So you you're you're a more more or less like a logistical type of person mm-hmm. who put things together, planned, a lot of stuff. All that good good jazz. Okay. So fast forward the story. The assistant principal gets a principalship at Renaissance Academy. Okay. And when she left me, or left the school, she said, you got a year, and I'm coming for you. 
So she went to the school that she now was the principal of. She was there for a year, and we used to talk. And she said, um, sometime during the year, she was like, your year up, I'm coming for you. And it just so happened that the school that I was working at, Antioch, they decided to close it down. Okay. So I worked with her at Antioch, then she went to Renaissance. And, and picked you up. Your year is up. Come get, I'm coming. Right. So the her assistant principal then came to my school, current school, with the paperwork and said, I need your intent to hire, and I need you to fill this out right now. <laughs> she went hard. <laughs> she went so, hard. I mean, but let me tell you why that's significant. It's significant because in this day and age, a lot of people tell you they'll do something. A lot mm -hmm. of people say, hey, no, I got you. I'm going to look out. I got you, fam. Mm -hmm. Right, <laughs> they really don't. A whole like, bunch of bluffing. A bunch of bluffing. A bunch of bluffing. I got you, fam. No, I and, got you. And, don't and don't worry about it. And sometimes it's not that they don't do it because they don't want to. Sometimes people forget or other things come up, right? And they really be like, sometimes people just be bluffing, right, right. when they say it. But you know, like in this day and age, you can't really. A lot of people aren't pe true people of their word, right? You gotta, you gotta do it. Get, get. Get it how you live. Get it on your own. Right. But then that also go and coincides with people only thinking about self. Exactly. You get what I'm saying? Because although she said that, right, I didn't be like, okay, I'm going to hold on to that. I was just like, as long as Antioch is open, I'm going to stay here. Right. Right. So after she did that, then after the school closed, she was like, okay, your time is up. I'm coming. And she came. So I went over there and we was over there. She was like, I ain't never seen nothing like this. And you know, we thinking like, because we work at Antioch, and Antioch was a school that was for over age and undercredited. Uh -huh. So, so people who should have graduated should have been graduated, but some things, life things happened. Like they twenty one had a year baby. Olds, right? So it right. went up to twenty one. They dropped out of school. They was incarcerated. All those things. That's what we was dealing with with Antioch, okay. and we put some great programs together to help those kids. You know, those young adults come out on top. Okay. Right. And we was like, well, if we did this over here, we definitely can do this in a traditional high school. Right. Yeah, all right. We got up in Renaissance and was like, what in the <laughs> Hello. <is> this? <laughs> right? Because what we saw over there like, was like kids that just had. And I'm talking about like we in West Baltimore, deep in the heart of West Baltimore. We like a couple blocks away from uh, where the Freddie Gray incident happened, right? right. And before Freddie Gray happened, we were already like, this can't be life because you're talking about kids walking around looking like zombies. Like, there's like no hope, no like, hope, no this nothing. This is around the time when pills was really popping off. Like, people was popping like, pills. Like, they was like, popping pills, Zannies, all that, 30s, 15s. Right. Like, they was just like, not saying all of those kids, but like, it was just it was a, a good bunch type. of them. Yeah, it was just one of those things where the kids in there were just like, what is this? Right. You know what I'm saying? And as adults, she was like, who would let their child? Do things like, but you gotta realize they ain't got no parents. They ain't got no parent. So, like, let so, me put it in context for you. My grandmother was a a mm -hmm. emergency parent and a foster. Parent. I remember. Mm -hmm. And she would get kids yep. that if they didn't come to her, they was mm -hmm. <laughs> mm -hmm. they out in the street somewhere. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And so I can only imagine. Like my grandma used to tell me the stories of like, oh, you know. They get a she get a kid and we'll grow to be friends with the kid, but the kid have issues and problems mm -hmm. and stuff. 
And, it, you know, it wasn't a normal situation where if they did something, we couldn't just laugh at it. We had right, to be right, cognizant. Right. We had to be right. you can't, She said, you can't do that. I said, why? He can't, like, I can't, if I did that, y'all laugh at me. You can't do that. He don't got no parents. Right. He don't got nobody that really looking out for him. He's blessed to have been able to come and stay with me as to be his temporary grandmother. And like, then, and, and then, to, and to credit her, right? You have a lot of people who don't think like that. So even at y'all young age, she was saying, you can't do this because this kid don't got. Now you going into a situation now where people are like, oh, he ain't got no parent. That's funny. Or he ain't got no sense. That's funny. Or he because of social sense. media. But that's not funny. You like, get what I'm saying? Listen. Like we have real, real mental health issues in the black community, and what people and fail we to deal realize with that we don't deal with it, and we brush it under the rug a lot, and people aren't seeking the help that they need. And and the funny thing is, you know, for me, I've always been, um, for the better part of my career, in a pastoral type of role, and you got to be really cognizant that people won't tell you mm-hmm. where they hurting in their pain, but, you gotta, but they got a whole, you got to, you got to think so about a form. Like you just can't laugh at everything. You just can't think that everybody got it. Like you got, just cause you living well, the way you living, right. Eating every day, you driving every day. You, you know, you go into the movies when you want to people are out here catching the bus and it's freezing outside. People out here not eating every day, trying to figure out where they're going to go when they leave work or when they leave school. Do I got to go to a shelter? What do I have to do to live? And so you're dealing firsthand with these mm-hmm. situations. And these are children who don't not know how to social, handle their emotions like correctly. Right. Like they just, I'm mad, everything's mad. I'm going to interrupt the whole day. They don't know how to deal with these traumatic issues or traumatic events that just keep happening to them, right? And it's not just their fault. It's systematic. Like, right. the way that the systems are set up, it is... To see them lose. To see us lose. Right. And they're going to continue to see us lose until we understand mm. that there's mm. no longer the a- day and age where we can just sweep things under the rug and say, it's what I say and what I do. So you, you so you started Seeds of Promise. So we started... Uh, was over there with them, and... Uh, me and the principal, uh, the kid, like I said, the kid, bro, she was like, uh, we gotta do something about this, man.